you know, we'll just we'll just fucking do the damn thing. I'm sitting off a little further than than my mic typically is, but that's okay. Oh, let's crack it open. This is all just MAB roll right here. Brandana's fixing his lights. I'm fixing my audio. Shit's wild on a Thursday pod. What's up, bud? Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome Brandana Sports Podcast. Coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 167 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe, leave five stars, tell a friend, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, popping tops on this Thursday, most awesome. That's right. That felt like for a second there where like you, you have a little bit of a rough takeoff from a plane. You're like, uh-oh, does yep. pilot know what he's doing? Exactly. No, and then we, we level out. We're good. Yeah. The only word I fucked up was my own name. My own nickname. Right, so, right. <laughs> that's always the tough. I thought about in the old days, we used to circle back. We'd run it back real quick because I mean, it's only a paragraph long. Yeah. Nobody ever knows the difference. But I think it's just very apropos for this Thursday podcast. So we're just going to, we're going to let that, we're going to let that lie where it is. Absolutely. Look, I flub a lot of outros. And you're actually, your batting average is way better in comparison to my outros versus your intros. Well, you know what I do is I, well, you improvise the intro or the outro each time. Um, I try to, yeah. I, mine is pretty consistent except for what I call you. And then I also have it written down because I used to just do it freestyle off the ground. I was just like, I don't need this added pressure. That's just one more thing I do not need. Like, let's just, let's, you know. We're allowed to write things down? Yeah. Okay. All right. right. Not all of us have all the stats up in that dome like you do. (laughs) Okay, good. All right, guys, um, jam-packed episode 167. We're doing Rip from the Headlines NBA playoff look-in. It's mm. coming up. Uh, going to do a little, you hear about this? Sports edition. That's right. We're doing um, Mav Summer School typing. That's right. It's, um, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. Until the NFL gets here, going to keep auditioning segments. Yeah, yeah. See what happens. Forget about them. See how like they hang on. There it is. We're doing it. Neapolitan Showdown, we're doing top Tarantino movies. And they're going to finish, as we always do, with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're out power. It starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. I broke from the headlines, NBA postseason preview. Why are we talking about that this week, brother? Ooh, because we're close, my friend. To the playoffs starting here, uh, May 18th. So as you're listening to this, and in, in a, in a scant few days, and there's a little bit of uh, difference from from years prior in the playoff seating. So we'll talk a little bit about that and kind of where every team sits. Yeah. So let's kind of do it on the macro. What we're macro. this year, which is the play term. First of all, I'll say this: I didn't realize this looking this up. The NBA playoffs last from May 22nd to July 22nd. Is that it seems like a shitload of time. Yeah, well, they definitely like stretch it out over. I mean, this year's a little bit different because of the late start with everything and the bubble from last year. They're, yeah. they're only playing 72 games. But yeah, they definitely like they tend to stretch it out. They don't, there's no back to backs for like teams. They definitely 
um, will let you will let teams rest. And they kind of like the finals will take like, you know, they'll have a day in between. They definitely like milk it. There's no back to backs. Yeah. So, I mean, if you love NBA, this is definitely your time of year. Okay. So the macro, um, let's talk about this play and tournament, how it works. Yes. Yes. So it's going to kick off from May 18th, like I said, to the 21st. Then the real playoffs start on the 22nd. I shouldn't say the real playoffs, but basically what it is, is, is that the top six teams clinch a playoff berth and then seven through 10 have to battle it out and essentially like a single game elimination tournament uh, and seeds seven and eight play each other. The winner of that goes on and becomes the seventh seed in the playoff. The loser of that game then heads on to play the winner of the ninth and 10th seed. Uh, whoever loses that ninth and 10th seed game, they're automatically out. And then the, the loser of the seven, eight game plays the winner of the nine, 10 game. And whoever wins that game becomes the eighth seed. So yeah. now you've got a lot of teams kind of that previously in seasons past, if I was the ninth seed, you know, and if I was out, I was out and that was it. Now there's a little bit of a, a playoff hope here uh, after game 72 ends, they got maybe a couple, a couple extra games to, to get into the playoffs. Yeah. So what's your take on this? I, I like it. Like this seems to solve one of the biggest problems that we had with NBA teams that weren't going to make the postseason, And that's the tanking that always comes up. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like something like the NFL where maybe you don't kind of see tank and then we like tanking for two and I mean, maybe for like that top draft pick. But I mean, like, there's a few years where you like really see it. it seems to be a consistent problem in the NBA yet. There's still like a little bit of a backlash on it. How do you feel about this? You a fan? Yeah. I mean, I think I like it from a fan's perspective. I mean, we, we, we put in elite NBA basketball mixed with a single elimination tournament. The thing that we love the most about NCAA into this like Reese's peanut butter cup mixture. Now I know guys like LeBron have been very outspoken against it because his Lakers right now are one of those 17 teams. So, I mean, they could go over two and be out of the playoffs and LeBron would not like that. Right. Um, considering that he's like a, a seven scene and, and, and could potentially uh, be ousted from the playoffs. Right. Um, and even uh, Mavs owner uh, Mark Cuban was a little outspoken about that too. But I mean, I, I know that I know that they're saying it's uh, ill-conceived. I don't know. It seems pretty simple to me. It seems like a fun little wrinkle. It's not something that we have to do next year. You know, it's not like it's something that it's like, hey, this is going to be the rule going forward. But I definitely think that they're going to do this as like a trial run to see what sort of like viewership that they can capture on these games. If it's solid enough that the NBA is like, whoa, shit, this is a real thing. Uh, we might see more of this. Yeah, and it might be a little hard to wrap your head around listening to the pod. But, you know, that seven and eight, uh, they still have the advantage. Like they have to lose they either one of them would have to lose two in a row for right. the seven and eight to not just line up how the seven and eight was. So you have like the nine and 10, like one of those have to win two in a row to kind of get in there. So just for the listeners out there, if you're not able to look at like these charts, like it's still seven and eight still has a slight advantage over the nine and 10, mm -hmm. which I really like. Yeah, I do. Kind yeah. Of, kind of like a kind of competitive, like advantage and still, I mean, it seems like, whenever somebody brings up, it's just like, Oh, it cheapens the regular season. Like I usually have to look up for like how it's in their advantage. And mm -hmm. like, I get that LeBron would like to sit these two games and not play into like his Phoenix lineup, but uh, too bad. Yeah. I, yeah. It seems very silly. It's like, 
you know, so right now, just to, for context, we're going to the West because we're talking about LeBron. The seventh seed right now is the Lakers. They still actually have a chance to catapult and oust the Blazers. They need a little bit of help and get into that six seed. So, so it's not like this is just like lock stock. I mean, I, I get the teams that are on the fringes of this don't like this, but it's it adds more excitement. So the Lakers are the seventh seed. The Warriors are the eighth seed. The Memphis Grizzlies, the, the ninth seed. And the San Antonio San Antonio Spurs are the tenth seed, so you could see like seven and eight Lakers Warriors, LeBron and the Lakers and Anthony Davis versus Steph Curry and the Warriors in a single game elimination. That's a fucking that's the NBA is going to be like this is fucking perfect. Yeah. This worked out well. People are going to be all in on this game. Casual basketball fans are going to love this single game concept. Because they're 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 going to be highly motivated. You win and you're in and you're done, and it's just an extra game. So hopefully we'll see some good competitive basketball. Um, and then like the the Memphis team, like historically, you know they're they're two they're a game and a half out I think or a game out from that eighth seed. And you know if they if they match the record of the Warriors and win out, they they can't really control their own destiny. And they you know it's a good young team that's just going to be out by a a single game so why not give them an opportunity to try and play their way in with two games you know first they got to get past the the spurs which is you know no easy contest but i think spurs are a little on the downside of things and and a young hungry team like you know with with young talent like john morant and jaron jackson and uh brandon clark those guys it's going to be good to get those next class of nba like superstars a little bit of playoff experience, you know, and I think it'll be exciting. Yeah, it's a little quiet way to expand the playoffs. I mean, you don't want to have like a full like ten seeds. I mean, then you're talking about like, I mean, I think you'd have to have like first round buys. That right. So it's um, yeah, they seem like there's some thought that wanted to construct this. All right, instead of talking about the fishies on the bottom rung, let's talk about some of these main games, bro. Ooh, main games. All main right. Game, main games. Um. Okay. So right now, like the game that I'm. Looking at Milwaukee Knicks. Am I the only one that's got a little Bucks fatigue? I'm a little over these guys. Um, yes, and the the Knicks just swung down because they they they're they're one. It, there's going to be a big shuffle in that too. So we're not 100 certain how that Knicks Hawks Heat is all going to come out because they all have games left. So, um, but I do like the matchup of potentially Knicks Bucks you know, if the season was to end a day, just because I like the kind of energy that the Knicks are bringing. Right. I like mm-hmm. watching them. Um, and Julius Randall uh, is, is kind of an up and coming guy. You kind of run a route for him. He's working hard. He's definitely like embracing the city of New York. And then you're like bucks. Like I get it. Giannis is a superstar, but the team is Drew Hill is, is a fantastic point guard. I like him. He's, he's much improved over Eric Bledsoe. But like Chris Middleton's still kind of there. They kind of play a boring game. Uh, yeah, you know, it's like, it, you know, this team isn't exciting me. You know what I mean? The, the Knicks are way more exciting to me than the Bucks. Yeah, and it still got. It just kind of seems like the same combination of running it back, and it's just like to see the Bucks like almost get there and run out of gas. It's just kind of like I've already seen this episode of this TV show before, so like I don't need to see it again. It's a pass. And why I like this, the big thing I like about this Milwaukee Knicks matchups if Knicks can come out of that as the sixth seed if this were to happen um that's why we record tonight you can listen to it tomorrow that's right yeah, baby. listen to it tonight so up to date 
Uh, it would be that uh, that Brooklyn uh, Knicks. In a yes. second. Now, that would be a very interesting matchup. That would be basically the storyline for that is, is obviously like who's New York's team. You know, Brooklyn has took the mantle from New uh, from the Knicks, right? They have taken that away from them. And especially with the addition of Kyrie and uh, James Harden and, and Kevin Durant. So this is a, this is a su- surprising turn for the Knicks to be in playoff contention, but I, I really, Julius Randall is a guy that you, for the Knicks is first time all-star is a guy that you really want to root for is one of the guys that has like carried the old old school torch uh, of like preparing and playing in, a, in an NBA season from like the old guard. Uh, there, there was a story that I think like Doris Burke had in one of the games where she talked about that a lot of guys in today's NBA, I don't want to say don't work hard like the previous generations did, but don't have, don't carry over the same, like relentless practice, uh, styles that say like Kobe Bryant made famous. Right. And you've heard a lot of things that Kobe talked about. Kobe has talked about and like shared, I guess, a little bit of wisdom with Julius Randle when he first uh, came in and was with the Knicks that whenever you land in a city, right, is a golden opportunity, whether it's two in the morning, four in the afternoon, immediately go to the gym, get work in, get some practice in. And so a lot of those guys, it's like, oh, that's silly. And, you know, Kobe Bryant has been famous for talking about just finding extra ways to add practice and add to your game so you could gain the advantage over everyone that's practicing and everyone that's an elite basketball player. Julius Randle is one of those guys that has carried that torch in and it's, and it's um, bl- blossomed with the next Knicks that are in on this team. And now these guys are, when they land, if it's two in the morning, they're, they're coordinating and finding a local gym where they can get some run in, where they can get some practice, where they can get some shots up before they go to the hotel. Uh, and it's just one of those extra ways to sneak in practice. And it's why they're, you know, sitting at 38 and 31 here when, no one thought that they were going to be playoff ready. Kind of this team was a, a hodgepodge mismatch of one and two year deals because they missed out on Kyrie and fucking Kevin Durant. And everyone thought that they were over. Well, they're not. Yeah. Uh, a little too much Chardonnay in this podcaster system to run to a gym right after a flight. That would <laughs> not work out. But it's not the order that I do things at all. So I'm not in the NBA. That's some of the things. All right, so that's, tell me that's the only reason, though. That's, that's that is it. Um, there's two teams that I don't really have a feel for the identity of. Um, one in each conference. Give me a rundown. Atlanta Hawks, four seed, yeah. sitting there, um, kind of like you said, that shuffling around. So maybe they go after that. That crowd favorite last year, Miami Heat. Maybe you know the Knicks fall there. Um, what does Atlanta do well? Uh, well, they don't play defense well. So I'll tell you, that's what they don't do, but they put up shots. I mean, they're very much in that, like, um, in that, like kind of golden state, oops, uh, golden state kind of mode, right. Where they get up shots, they, you know, they average about 113 points a game, uh, but they give about 112. So they, they're, they're not playing great defense. Uh, obviously you've got Trey young, John Collins. There are your two bigs, uh, uh, Boyan Bogdanovich is there as well. It gives another crafty score. Um, DeAndre Hunter, uh, a second-year player, and Cam Reddish, another second-year player, uh, come off the bench. Um, I think they've got good young athletes. Kevin Herter, they, they like to spread it out, shoot the three, and really it's you know it's kind of like a, a, a Steph Curry light version of what they do. They like to 
let Trey Young kind of operate, facilitate, either shoot deep threes, find a you know a lane to to sneak in, and then kick it out for another three. But uh, you know they're they're a fun young team to watch. Um, but it'll be interesting if they kind of excel upwards and get the that four seed, and then they host, you know, like a like a Heat or a, or a Knicks potentially. That'd be an interesting matchup because I think, you know, both those teams, well, maybe not the Knicks, but the Heat have playoff experience. And so that'd be a, a perfect matchup for uh, a Heat team that's kind of, you know, limping into the playoffs a little bit. So right now what I'm showing is on the other side of the Western Conference, another identity I'm not super clear about. we got Denver at four, possibly hosting Portland. What's up with these Trailblazers? Yeah, Trailblazers, um, Again, it's it's all through like small backcourt, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum. Uh, they added Gary Trent as well too um, from the Raptors, and uh, added a little bit of scoring. Uh, Nurkic is their center, kind of big lumbering guy, um, you know, but rebounds, block shots, kind of protects the paint a little bit. Uh, but you know, it's all really through like the backcourt scoring, McCollum uh, and and Damian Lillard and Damian Lillard is playing with a little bit of a chip on his shoulder right now. So I could see him being extra motivated to try and make a run in the playoffs earlier this week. He wasn't demanding a trade, but he was saying he was going to be traded. What was all his, the trade business with Lillard? Yeah. Was it Lillard? I don't think it was. He was the one Lillard had the thing about not being a, all-star starter and we talked about that on the pod yeah where he's where he's a little miffed that he wasn't an all-star starter uh and that luca was i don't think he was talking anything about he was that guy from the raptors oh kyle lowry yeah yes i think it was lowry i think you're right um because he wasn't sure kidding about the talent (laughs) drink everybody it's thursday everyone should be drinking anyway thursday pod um, but yeah, I mean, he is Dame Lillard is the entire Blazers as they go. He goes as they go. Um, but I mean, they do have a couple scoring options, but it, it, it again, it, so many of these teams have, you know, and they, oh, they bring off, oh, they pull the brandana, the, the Pelicans, they bring, they bring mellow, but not peak mellow off the bench. Oh, so let's not forget about that little scoring, little scoring yeah. off the ball, off the bench there. Um, but they're, you know, they're 41 and 29. They're. They've won five in a row, seven and three in the last 10. They play a tough schedule here with the Nuggets. Um, still trying to, you know, I don't I don't think the Nuggets can make the one seed. Or excuse me, the oh, they could get the third seed potentially. Uh, and the Suns could potentially get the second seed. So they've got to work hard this last couple of games here. Whereas like the Lakers, you know, they got Indianapolis who's still fighting for it and New Orleans who's out of it. So, I mean, the Lakers should should win those two so they have to win those two otherwise we could see dame knocked out of that you know six seed and fall into that seventh kind of playoff seed then we would have dame versus dame lillard versus steph which would be an equally because that that's just two gunslingers they're just going to go at it it's shaking up okay well let's do we always like to do this um in both sides the western and the eastern conference let's throw out the one seed and the two seed who do you like if you had to put money somewhere to shake things up a little bit and make a little bit of noise? Um, let's go. We're throwing out the one and the two. Throwing out the one and the two. Well, in the West, then That's I think the next best. See, I don't like the Lakers because I think that they're they're particularly 
injury prone and I don't, I haven't really seen them gel too much. So we'll see yeah. how, how LeBron comes back. So then that, that, that puts me to the other LA team, the Clippers kind of quietly at 46 and 23 as we record right now. Hey, yeah, I'm pretty good. That might be like a Clippers Dallas matchup, right? Which would be a rematch of last year when Dallas was getting all that love. Yeah. For taking, um, did they quite take it the distance or was it like six games? Might have been like six. Uh, six know. games. But yeah, they were, uh, I think it was, but they were, the Clippers were up like 3 1. Maybe they did take him the distance. You're right. I think you're right. Oh, look, he's back, everybody. Or maybe yeah. I'm just wrong. Look at that. I didn't even looked that up. You could tell because I was like, oh, all the time in the world to look that up before the pod. <laughs> nope, just wing it. <laughs> Um, and then, do you mean to, to make it? Are we talking to make it to the finals? I mean, yeah, just like, but like force it. I just like who, you know, like the Dallas, even last year would be a good, good example. You know, it's just like, they made noise. Like they, right. kind of, it wasn't their arrival, but it was just like on the map. Like I take these guys seriously. The Clippers are weirdly quiet. Yes, they are very, they're for Kawhi and Paul George, bizarrely, you know, quiet. They've got Marcus Morris. Uh, Batum, who's like they piled off the scrap heat and is shooting like forty-one percent from three, which is like cheating. Uh, and Zubac has has been really good for them as well too. They got to figure out a little bit of their point guard play. You know, I think Patrick Beverly has kind of you know been a little dinged up. Reggie Jackson uh, and Luke Kennard, but yeah, if if Paul George doesn't fucking take a nosedive like last year, they're 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 as good of as strong of a contender as anybody. Uh, to make it to the finals the east man you know you don't want to see the bucks right at the three seed but man the the 70 the 76ers and the nats are really going to be tough to beat and i don't want to say the knicks because i don't think that they have the experience to do it i think kind of grit is going to maybe at best get them out of the first round but i mean i i and i don't want to say no one thought the heat could do it last year but i don't know man I don't like any of the seven through 10 teams, even though Lonzo ball could, could bring the, the Hornets back. Man, I don't know. Seven through 10 team. What happened to my Pelicans? Where's their, where's their other boys? Oh yeah. Zion and, and Lonzo, those guys and Brandon Ingram. I really like Brandon Ingram, but they've, they've just, they kind of fell off. They, they were kind of hanging around, but they don't, they're not even in contention to get in there. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, Van Gundy, well, we'll see. We'll see what's going on in there. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. You know, this, you know how this works. You remember this podcast, 166 previous episodes, Feet to the Fire. <laughs> Feet to the Fire. Can't see the Celtics just lost uh, Jalen Brown. Wizards would be an insane pick to make the finals, although that would be very fun <laughs> yeah. if they beat the if they beat. A, a wizard, a wizard Nets would be very fun match. I'm gonna say like that game is what that team is very interesting for me to like. Wizards like taking themselves like off the trash heap. I mean Russell Westbrook still playing at an amazing level. No matter. I mean I don't think I'd want to be like I don't, I wouldn't want Russell Westbrook probably on the team that I was a fan of. But to right. just like tune in and watch him with Beal, I mean that could it would be interesting just to see them shake some things up. And and Sunday, I think Wizards and Hornets play, which would be for that eighth seed. And then if then Wizards play the Celtics, which are limping in at the seventh seed, that seven eight matchup, Wiz Celtics, if they could beat the Hornets, then we would see a first round matchup, Nets Wiz, which would be fucking amazing. Ah yeah. man, I really wish that would happen. Fuck it, let's go, let's go Wizards. I'm going <laughs> let's to the Wizards. Let's do it. Um. 
Awesome, brother. Well, um, we'll continue to cover this as it shapes out. We got our picks. Ooh, um, out. I thought you were going shapes up. Shapes up. Mm, really zigged on that one. And it kind of rounds out. When there we play. go. Oh, yeah, playing tournament. It's coming up. We'll cover that in a pod soon. Been having to cram into one week. All right, you hear about this? You hear about huh. this? Sports hear about edition. This? Ooh, hear sports about this? edition. You hear about this? I did, yeah. I kind of I put down two that I definitely wanted to do, which you definitely heard about, but I just wanted to ask you these questions. So about oh. oh why what? Oh no, no, no. I was just I put my pen down. I, I leaned into the, the mic. I wanted to see I think full that, brand oh, like disappointed. Like you opened up a Christmas gift and you're like, perfect. I did need socks. Oh, like, thanks for the thanks for this decorative tie, Brandana. <laughs> perfect. Um, all right, Tim Tebow agrees to be a tied in. You hear about this? I heard about this. Yeah, I figured you did. If this segment's more about the questions that they inspire, it's basically it's a little right. like one half inbox that I get to do. Yeah. Um, when did you know you had athletically lost a step? Assuming it's happened. Assuming like, it's what happened. was it? Yeah. Do you remember like what it was? Like were you just playing basketball? Like were you? Yes. yes. I do. I do actually. I remember it. Um, we all had come back to. Chris Wheatley for Chris Wheatley's wedding, right? Do you remember this? We famously talked about this on the podcast where you had the the unbelievable dance moves on the dance floor. Yeah, you know you're That's you're right. you're the peacocking beer, the beer bottle that you were nervous, but as I was bro, very nervous, like pull it off, bro, pull it off. Like <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be hard to walk this right. back, and that is a glass bottle. That is a glass bottle. No one wants to see sure. chip teeth on a wedding night. Nope. Um, but if, do you remember that we played hoops at Poinsettia Park? At Poinsettia before the wedding? Not before, like, like a day or two before the wedding. Yeah, I think so. Remember so I'm pretty sure it was Poinsettia or the, or the one, whichever the one was close to the old, our old apartment. Anyways, we pulled, played on an outdoor park, we're playing some of these guys. And, um, I, you know, I had not been in basketball playing shape to begin with, but I'll never forget. There was two moments where I was driving and this young buck blocked my shot, which for the record did not happen often. Nope. In, in my regular. Well, you also have this weird thing. If it's like a block shot in basketball, lock shot, or like if you create a steal, like you have a vendetta against the universe where you didn't make good on that. <laughs> like negative yes. one. you need to make it even. If, 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 yeah. <laughs> right. If I, if I turn the ball over, I'm yes. going, you're I going to go hit that basketball. <laughs> I go hit that basketball. But, um, but the other time, this is in this, I can hear his voice clear as, as bell as a bell today. When, and it was partly because I was a little bit gassed, but partly because I couldn't get there. We were playing and there was a 50 50 ball, it was loose, and Trent was on my team. And I kind of went to go for it, but not very half heartedly. And Trent yelled at me, Get the ball. And I was like, Oh my God, <laughs> this is shameful right now. Because I've yeah. just been, I've just been yelled at my by my cohort, my teammates, <laughs> for dogging it, and that's what I was like. Oh, that definitely felt like I, I lost a step. Yeah, that's what I can kind of take over just in kind of that that moment of past. Like you, I mean, you have it a little bit. Like T Boss, who's been on the pod, definitely has it to where it's just like, kind of just like, oh yeah, like we're all on the same team. This is for fun. But I definitely forget it's for fun. We've talked about this. Like I don't shake hands before games. That's fine. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, okay, so John Mulaney dating Oliv- uh, Olivia Munch. Hear about this? Oh, really? Hear about this? Yeah, I did like, not hear about this. Way to go! 
what i didn't he just file for a divorce he yeah like really swung four, from one branch to another like four days ago Ooh. like we i think we i don't know how soon it was but there's like episode 166 the order of events might have been episode 166 john mulaney gets divorced and before 167 drops he's dating olivia munn nice. that might be that might be an actual timeline this is an interesting move john mulaney's had a summer right john mulaney went from yes. went, went back into rehab good for him good his stuff together then divorced all right then olivia munn interesting okay yeah. we're on, are we on the upswing john mulaney uh yeah I, I hope so i'll wait in like how fast i think that uh that how fast divorce is going to be is a tough hang the question is do you think this upsets aaron Rodgers? oh my god oh my god it shouldn't normal yeah. human human being shouldn't he just got engaged to the shailene woodley uh right. so he shouldn't care what his what his ex does was that his previous ex or did he have danica patrick Patrick. Yeah, I think it was like it was like Olivia Munn, and then everybody was just like, "Oh, like this girl's out of his league." And then it was like Danica Patrick, and everyone was just like, "Oh, this girl's out of his league." And then it was like Shane Woodley, and it's just like this makes sense. Yeah, right. Oh, this girl's in his league. Okay, that was was two girls talking a lot of shit. Ooh, boom. Um, yeah, I think he definitely. I don't know what he thinks. He, what is what does Aaron Rodgers think of he stri- he stri- Yeah, he's he strikes me as the kind of guy that is jealous of exes, even in a relationship, and that's yes. a certain kind of guy. Yes, it's just always like slightly possessive over like a relationship that was over a while ago, even because he. I mean, he's the one that broke up with her also. Because I remember, like he. I mean, I don't know what kind of voodoo he's putting these girls under, but they seem to be like a little shook up when. Wait, he's he's kind. Con- he's like. He's, he's, you know, he's standing on third thinking he like hit a triple, you know what I mean? He's, he's an NFL quarterback with millions of dollars. Even the ugliest dudes get some of the most beautiful women in the world. Uh, and the guys with the like least, I don't know. And Aaron Rodgers is probably a fine looking guy. I'm not here to judge that. He's got a shitty personality. So haven't we, haven't we literally ranked how attractive quarterbacks are? I think you are yes, here. We to did. Do that. Yes, I am here to do that. But he's not. But I mean, I would say he's he's no. Sure. He's no Joe Flacco. I'll tell you yeah. that much. Yeah, he has an interesting face. It's like yeah. you know, as yeah. to fly the stairs. It's just like, yep, that's a face. That's a beard. yeah, exactly. And when you always have like a fucking resting douche face, then you know. I'm glad I got you on my side on this. This is so much fun. I mean, it used to get me more fired up having to bring you over and like just present my case like every yes. week. Now that you're yes. here, I love it. You know what this made me think of real fast, and we can do it because it's our podcast. I want to ask you this question. For sure. So Jessica Simpson uh, famously like went to Troy Aikman's game. It was like Troy and like you remember to- Tony Romo. That? Tony Romo. Oh, Tony Romo. Tony Romo. That's right. Yeah, that'd been a little fucked up. <laughs> but yeah, they were dating um, and she'd be up there and they would like cut to her all the time. If you were a professional athlete, you got to just go back in time. Like Dr. Miss Commission, I wouldn't get in trouble for this, but just go back in time. Would you care. want your girlfriend coming to like the game and like up there in the press box? Or is that like a little bit of a distraction? And it's just like, can you watch from home or maybe don't like watch where you're just like so obvious, like the camera's going to cut to you all the time? Like, would so, that throw you off at all? So famously, did I ever tell this on the podcast when like my parents would come to my T-ball games or my baseball games? Like oh, I wouldn't, I, I, I make them hang out in the car. No, I thought you were going to tell the Jennifer Love Hewitt story. 
Uh, <laughs> Which I think we have done two or three times. Yeah, no, yeah. I want to hear this. This is great. I want to hear this baseball. Yeah, no, I would. I was so like anxious as like a young baseball player that I would make them basically like hang mill around in the parking lot until the game got going. So I didn't know where they were in the stands. Oh, that's smart. That's good. Yeah. Um, so extrapolating that to me now playing in the NFL and uh, like if she's up in there and there's like 80,000 people, I'm probably not thinking about it. I'm probably just be like, I'm a peace out. Love you. Kiss you. I'll see you later. And then she just like with the other wives and girlfriends, the wags of the team. Yeah. They, they all do their, they pregame, they do whatever. And then they come to the game. I'd be but fine with just, that. But maybe just be safe. Just have her like much like the T-ball days, just mill around the parking lot. Yeah, 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 right, right. Get <laughs> yourself into trouble. Do some like, beer bongs halfway, for sure. First quarter. Um, all right. Do you hear about this? You hear about this? Sports cards are booming again. Yes. Crazy, crazy level. Target removing them from the stores because of like violence and people like fighting over, which is crazy. It, it was real funny. It's like um, there was a sign that said like we're no longer holding sports cars until like. It wasn't like the pandemonium slows down. It's just like temporarily not holding for the safety of our customers. Yeah. It was a picture. They were like, no uh, NFL, MLB, NBA, Pokemon cards. And in the picture, it's a bunch of empty shelves. And the only thing on the shelves are what kind of cards? Magic cards. Magic <laughs> 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 gathering, creating no chaos whatsoever. <laughs> Safe games to play. No one's fighting over these. No yeah, one's they, they didn't have to kick you while you were down, B. Jesus. I know. I know. Um, I just want a question. I, I know we talked about sports cards before because we also did like the kind of guest thing. But do you still have some cards floating around somewhere? I think and I do. Then, and then what was the tradition? Like when you would get a pack of cards, would it like you go to the stores, you kind of see what part pack you wanted? Did you always just want like upper deck, like MLB? Was it always like NBA? Open it like this and slowly fold through like one card at a time to see the names or just like fan them out? Yeah. Oh, good call. Ooh, you're really making me think about this one. So upper deck was like, that was the pinnacle. Yeah. The like right when I started to get out of it. You can't and use, it, you can't use pinnacle either because I think there is a pinnacle. I think you're right. There is a pinnacle. You're right. I think you're right. That is funny. But there's also, they had like the hologram on there. Do you remember that? Like oh, that's when like cards started getting real, real fancy. Right. Um, but tops was like the mainstay. I probably had a million and one tops cards and that was the old, like, that was all baseball. And then, like, early 90s basketball cards, I believe, was Fleer, right? They make them. F-L-E-E-R. Yep. So, a bunch of those. But the move was always open up the pack, grab the gum, pop the gum. i throw the gum right in there, get it going, yeah. flip it over, and just flip through. Just look at them. I, the ones that I'd like, I'd take over and I would just stare. I'd stare at the core of this card and pour over the stats, put it down, and then next one. But I, I, would, I wouldn't, you know, the biggest bummer was like when you got doubles in the same pack. You know what I mean? It's like. That should have been outlawed. Who was doing that? Uh, oh, tops for sure. I remember getting uh, like, oh, I don't need another Steve Sachs. This fucking sucks. You know what I mean? Oh, or yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't get two Steve Sacks in one pack of cards. Sometimes you would. Whoa. Yeah. I maybe I miss maybe I could be wrong on this, but no, no, I, no, I, I, I think you're I think you're right. I think some of the brands that could happen in, and it was just like, this is insane. Yeah. It's like, what did I just spend my 78 cents on? This yeah, fucking garbage, all this, all this tooth fairy money that I got fucking burning a hole in my pocket. 
now I'm I'm getting dubbed up here on a fucking, you know, uh, on on a Cecil Fielder, which would have been sweet though, which would have been sweet. Cecil Fielder's a man. Um, fuck off, Robin Yount. Uh, only two of you. Go. There you go, Cecil. Oh yeah, he's he's a Troy guy. Uh, I never popped the gun. Always threw the gun away. And I had you can't see this card because there's no real to show you, but like I was kind of like obsessed like i would and also you talk about getting two guys in one pack did i tell you like i had like two pages two full pages i think i found it when i found all those cards of todd zeal like the, oh, the like baseball the card. player yeah the baseball player Todd Zeal. and i just started i was obsessed with collecting him just because i had so many of them i'm just like you know we're off to the races on here so let's be the best like todd zeal collector there is todd zeal's kid mrs zeal ain't even collect his baseball cards <laughs> right can you imagine if like <laughs> you had like a bunch of Todd Zeal rookies and it's like yeah. Todd Zeal had like either goes in an infamy, like, you know, you know, I don't know what Todd Zeal's doing today, but you know, goes off and if, or becomes like a hall of fame baseball player throws like four no hitters in a world series. And you're like, yeah. Oh shit. Where where's, where's, where, where's that fucking million dollars right now that I'm sitting on. Dude, that's what makes, that's what I feel about like Bitcoin. Not to, we're not going off there real fast. You got any cards hanging out somewhere? I do. I know right caddy corner from from pod studio mabs midwest uh there is my old like do you ever have like an, a box where you kept all your like junk you know but that was like special to you like i've got you know fucking arrowhead you know uh stones yeah. and all that shit in there yeah. i know there's one uh 9091 we went to a michigan uh basketball game with a bunch of fab five like it was like one of those like promotional giveaways so it was like these team cards i've tried to see if they're worth anything i don't think that they're worth anything oh, i'm really good at looking this up send me a picture of it i'll figure it out oh yeah yeah, yeah for sure for sure but there, there's no brand on them there's no like oh, I don't yeah. Even know how, yeah yeah oh yeah okay yeah because i had like i had x-men cards i had comic book cards i had, I had are you uh, are you getting into the card game b now i thought about it to be honest like just the because i had magic cards you know off and on <laughs> i mean up until like three years ago like every four years just kind of like the anxiety of getting halfway through the like project of like checking off all the cards or like organize all of them but giving up like or just taking a break like midweek and then not get back to it for three weeks and so it's just kind of like they're fucking stacked everywhere and you're just like this kind of looks like shit like <laughs> they just put all these up like what fantasy world am i living in it's just like no i don't, I don't think it'd be back card. Right. but it would be interesting um and it's kind of it's kind of good that they're flying back up it's a lot of fun yeah i love it it's fun i good good for them they're it's a good fun that now they're doing like um shit i just read an article it's basically like the equivalent of like an nft for basketball have you heard about this you hear about this you hear about this oh turn basically the table. but it's like it's like a um they're called oh fuck drink everybody but basically what it is it's like uh you can buy them online and they are moments video moments in the nba and you get them like almost like an unboxing. You don't know what you get. And it's like, oh, this is like a diamond level, like Sean Kemp uh, dunking oh, yeah. on Felton Spencer. But it's like, it has like a, we've only issued like one of 30 of these oh, and you have these. I'll have to look this up. Yeah. yeah and that's super interesting. And you can trade and you can sell them for like real money. It's pretty fucking nuts. Yeah. So like the most expensive one would be like Jordan leaving from the free throw line or something with this. Yeah, like, for something. sure. Yeah. And the, and the rarity of to which they release them too. Yeah. 
oh man, the world we're living in. Am I right? Right. <laughs> right old timer. <laughs> um, all right, Mav Summer School, new segment. Bring us to the jam. So this is just summertime's coming up. Sports are we're not overflowing with sports moments, especially since we're not into hockey. I mean, we could either figure out how to get into hockey or do the summer school thing. We're just kind of let's talk about school. <laughs> we we just kind of uh, texting back and forth. I just want to talk about like certain subjects we hit uh, strength and weakness, and just kind of what you remembered about it. And the first thing that came up to me was, or I think you brought it up actually, was yeah. if we take typing, typing yeah. class, math summer school. Mab summer school. Yes. So I had in in high school, typing yeah. was a class and elective that you could out. take. Like, it was for me too. And so you're you're a couple years older than I am. That's right. And this is what I'm trying to wrap my head around is because typing hit me at exactly the right time, especially since everyone should know how to do it. Even if like, you know, your dad does the kind of pointer finger thing when he has to type an email. Yeah, hun peck. Don't, don't, don't disparage us hunting your hunters and peckers. <laughs> yeah, the hunters and peckers. But it hit me so it hit me like freshman year. So that would have had to be around like 96. I'm just wondering about the guys that are even probably like a couple old years older than you or four years older than you. Like did they almost have to do that shit like on their own, like as it was passing them by? Cause like I had a class and by the time I got out of the class, I knew how to do it. Right. Like if they're a little older and like typing wasn't being taught when they were in high school, I mean, you're going to take that shit in college. Like, are you just going to like, yeah, that's a great question. I think, I mean, but typing the QWERTY. Yeah. I threw the QWERTY down. Damn. The QWERTY keyboard has been around for some time with like typing, like on a typewriter. So I think like typing as a class has been taught at sometimes maybe. Oh, touche. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I overlooked that. So like the class would be like madman style and you'd walk in there. And yeah. Right. The steno pool or where the, you know, whatever that is. And then when it transitioned to like a computer and easier to type, people got that. I just wonder like, uh, like how easy it would be to transfer over from like um, the typewriter to the keyboard. Cause typewriters, like you really had to get some, fucking momentum going into those keys like they were yeah deep get that hammer to fly up there well and that's the other thing too is is then like if you type too fast you'd have you create a log jam with the fucking tines that all get together now kit now our 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 millennial pod audience is no idea no idea what i'm talking about like what i think we're so old i think the oldest thing we could have talked on here about would be probably typewriters for sure. This is the most dated segment of our pod to date. 167. We got into fucking next week. We'll talk about fire. <laughs> uh, all right. So you're taking the class. Like how good of a typer are you? I'm a shitty typer uh, today. And uh, I was not good because we didn't take it seriously. I was probably like, 90- can I set the line? Can I set the line on how many words per minute that you talk? So we did this thing. We, um, we texted each other. We knew we were going to do this segment. I did the online. Uh, there's an online test. I want to do it to see like how I held up. And so, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you hit that test also. I did. We did. <laughs> and, and we did just one minute of test of typing. 
at the medium level. They gave three yeah, different me, levels. Medium level, and it's kind of like typical thing. Like it just it removes like one word per minute if you get an error. Because I do kind of have like uh, dyslexia. Oh, who ran into the? But there's like there's <laughs> something that like just kind of flips it in my brain, and I sure I know it's true because it shows up in my typing too, like all the time. Like it's like sure. I'm also uh not a great speller at all by that i mean i'm a shitty speller <laughs> I, do not, I don't think that like lends itself to really put some gas underneath that typing fire at all we are just like fucking i before e is it after say it's just like all right this is a disaster yeah yeah yeah, th- yeah now i think i've gotten worse in typing definitely in texting but typing because i'm just like all right well but i'm also the type of typer that when I make a mistake, even though I'm typing in an email, I got to correct the mistake right then and there. I know it's probably not the way you should type. You should just let it run and get your words out and then fix it after the fact. But I need to go back, fix my mistakes. Is there ever like a word that you misspelled and then you just eventually bailed on it? Or you just went synonym because you're like, I can't figure out how to spell this fucking word. Uh, no, but there's well because thank god for i can get it well no there's been a couple times where well, I've, I I've been so close. far off that like spell check's been like i don't know yeah like i know it's close i know these I, convenience fuck oh man, yeah i can never get convenience nope i haven't said i haven't written the word convenience in years if something's convenient i'll just lie just be like this is a pass <laughs> like yeah. So yeah i've gone from yeah. like i've gone from like hey you can just you know get give me the answer at your convenience and i'm just like whenever you're available i know i'm adding more words to fucking <laughs> the sentence but pivot. yeah that's the pivot yeah uh, okay so i'll cover this real fast so i think i was around 75 words per minute 70 Whoa. to 75 in high it's school cooking with gas baby yeah not bad not bad uh because it was also competitive like i was like i took a little bit more pride than was needed in my For sure you know like you're five foot two which is what i was with a freshman like I ain't making the varsity basketball team. I ain't making the football team. <laughs> Track practice ain't coming up. Like I'm in the school play, ain't impressing anybody. So I was just like typing. This is where I'll thrive. So you're like, I got to get my varsity letter and typing. <laughs> I can't remember. What did we have? Oh, there was varsity letter and acting. Save it for another pod. Um, 75 words per minute. I did the test today and I got 65 words per minute. Ooh, set the line on me. You forgot okay, to set the I'm line. Say, yeah, you've been... You've been humble is the right word i'm gonna say that you got i'm gonna set the line at 52 and a half words per minute 52 and a half words per minute very good well we'll set the stage a little bit so in summer school i would like to share my experience in class did you have like a typing instructor or it was just from the teacher we had a typing teacher but then they just played a like an audiobook version for us to follow along did you have yeah have yeah I had, the, I had that kind of teacher that would just be like here's what you got to do today in the first like three minutes and then he's like fuck it like reading the sports illustrated or whatever behind the desk for sure ours is like the wrestling coach who then had to like teach a class we, he basically put over our, our keyboards yeah. they like taped down a piece of paper just put our hands underneath there we had to line it up on the you know the g and the h there and then uh we listened to cortez peters have you heard of this guy before? No, I've not. Cortez Peters is apparently like the was, and he might, he might still be the world's fastest like Guinness Book World Record typer. And he had this Cortez Peters typing school. They talked, but he had like this weird cadence and lisp a little bit. So yeah. how's a young MA supposed to like handle himself when he doesn't give a shit about this typing fad is bullshit. 
I'm gonna sure. I'm all pen, pen and paper. Why do you think I take my notes the way I do? <laughs> so then, so um, so I'm not giving a shit about it. But he is like, "Ha, I'm Cortez Peters," right, and right, everyone right. would so like that. You, you, you turn it into a little bit of an open mic night. Yeah, like for sure. And he'd always be like, "All right, everybody, read it." I F space Y O U space W space W space, and it just every time you had the W, it was just like, "Oh my god, this is fucking great." So that was my. That was I just I needed to get that out there now. Nice, that was good. I remember that too. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was like the JV basketball coach was our teacher, hundred percent. And then we also had last thing like they would come over with. I don't even think the covers were invented yet, or my school was cheap. You know, Alma, Kansas. So I think it might have just been. I think we just had like a folder, like just a Manila folder that would like you set it right there, and you're just supposed to keep them covered up, which I did. Man of integrity. Man, unbelievable. Do I have no? I, I thought I could. I thought I could share the screen here. I was going to try and do a a a, a reveal. A, a, a reveal because I I took a screenshot of my of my um. I couldn't put you in the forties because you're my boy. I love you for that, and you're very 49, sweet and you're kind. 49. The average, the average typist is 36 words per minute. I came in at 35 words per minute. <laughs> 100% accuracy, though. I nailed yeah. the accuracy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Without having to, I mean, but backspacing, too. I backspace everything. I just didn't fly through it. Yeah. I'd yeah, have, yeah. I'd have so many errors. Um, all right, guys. Well, that's been Mab Summer School. Some hot typing talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Neil Paulson Showdown. Bring us to the jam. Extra, extra. Read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, buddy. We're doing top three Quentin Tarantino movies. Yes, sir. Are you a fan of Tarantino? I mean, it's oh, shit. Yeah, like, yeah you got of course. I grew up. Yeah, 100%. Tarantino yeah. is the fucking man. I mean, but he's not—he's not like your favorite director. You're not like Tarantino, like crazy. Like I'm a P.T. Anderson fan. We know we've covered that. For sure, for sure. I think I might have a Tarantino movie in my top like 15 movies of all time. He—he's up there though. He definitely like will elicit like an like an excitement when you're like, oh, a new Quentin Tarantino movie. Like, there's very few guys that will do that. He does that for me. Yeah. um so i don't i don't i don't have a stringent ranking system like you do but he's up yeah, there yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah give him give him the break and i'm just raking through the coals yeah, yeah you're right i mean like he just kind of brings that brings that buzz of a movie coming out because he's also like they're not releasing that often you know it's things that he's just gonna do 10 movies and then retire yes, yes. i'd like this to is... settle a line right now if he's gonna actually stick to that i don't think there's any fucking way you don't think there's any way he's kind of an eccentric guy the only way he doesn't stick to that if he goes like Nicolas Cage style and like huge, you know, IRS bill. And it's like, all right, fuck it. I'd start gotta I gotta crank out Pulp Fiction seven and like get this thing going. Yeah, or maybe he could get into like some real experimental stuff. Like maybe like real like or like maybe some TV series that I always wanted to do. I thought I heard there was a rumor that he wanted to do like um I don't know, for like another country, do like a martial arts like TV series or something. Yeah, I, nothing puts it past like like 
Quentin Tarantino to steal from Bill Simmons is like definitely in the in like the Tyson zone. Like anything that that guy potentially could do, like you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I buy it. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, but it does seem that important. Like he kind of on the flip side of the coin, like he does want that to be his legacy. Like when people sell him in film school, it's just like, and he said he was only going to make 10 films and this is his 10 film opus like this. And then he stopped. Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. And, and the whole story, the whole Quentin Tarantino, like the, you know, high school dropout, like, you know, every fucking movie, like you know store clerk like thought that they were the next tarantino because they would watch all these movies that were in there and and you know obviously they're not he's a genius but you know yeah that's true it's gonna rip from that um all right well let's get into the um let's get into it number three what do you got number three i'm glad you let off with me um i i i I know you're gonna ding me for points on this because he didn't direct this but i fucking love this movie Mm, i kind of like that I kind of like that. I kind of, as I was looking at this, I was just like, I hope we feel like we have the freedom that if we want to kind of, you know, if we can justify it, that we don't necessarily have to go to the eight films or nine films that he has. Like, the, Yeah, exactly. Because that's a pretty like boring list. He wrote this movie. I love this movie starring Christian Slater and Patricia Arquette. True Romance is a fucking awesome movie. I love this movie. Yes. Yeah, so I you don't love this movie. Through, yeah, I saw it all the way through for the first time this year. Like I, seen it, like I, yeah, this hadn't. It's not like I'm not huge on Slater, and I've seen all the scenes, like the scene with him and like Gary Oldman, fucking Drexel. Yes, yeah, yeah Drexel's pretty fascinating in that. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's also, I think what got me into it is I love. Um, he plays, yeah, huge fan. Like, what's his name? Uh, I love James Gandolfini, and so yes. I really like like this is kind of one of his earlier like. Yeah, Dark Gandolfini. Movie. Gandolfini is like underrated in that movie. You forget that he's in there. I even forgot that he's in there when it's kind of like looking back up. But you have Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper is fucking fantastic in this weird sort of like estranged um, father. And then you have uh, Christopher Walken, Chris Walken. Which, which really put him back kind of. And they're like, oh, Christopher Walken's kind of got this bad guy vibe to him. Um, you know, you've, you've got uh, a young Brad Pitt who's great. You've got Michael Rappaport playing Dickie, who's, you know, just kind of this excitable trying to be an actor. Um, this is a, you know, not, I think it was like 1992 or 93. This is a good movie, man. This is a fun movie to watch and just out there. And, you know, Christian Slater is, I know everyone loves him in Heathers, but this is like, this, you know, and, and, um, Cuffs, baby. Cuffs. Cuffs. Yeah. Cuffs, hey, this is his fucking best movie this is his best role fucking he's the man in this movie he's he's a fucking shit yeah it's pretty great like the uh alabama same thing okay uh yeah we'll give uh came out in let's see when it came out people love when we do this i think it's 92 yeah 92 or 93 you, oh you think this is motherfucking white boy day <laughs> Gary Oldman's unreal in that. Uh, all right, brother, we'll give you we'll give you ninety points. Go yeah, I like it. Nice. 90, Fuck right yeah. In the middle. I'm uh, so I excited did. to watch this movie. By the way, I can't. I want to watch this movie again. I know you actually you got me into it. Like every time you mention something, like I I totally forgot about the Dennis Hopper like Christopher Walken scene. That scene is so intense. Yeah, and, and Christopher Walken laughing after he calls him, you know, yeah, fucking yeah. insulted is amazing and then he's like i haven't killed a guy you know in however many years oh it's a fucking great 
Uh, yeah, I'm going to get into that. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go with, I am going to mention a constellation real fast, just because you said writer. I did want to put Crimson Tide, but he just punched that script up. I think he only rewrote like one or two of those, but Ooh. I fucking love Crimson Tide. Constellation, though. Constel uh, I have a console too. I'll save it for after yours. Okay. Uh, my number, I mean, I think this will probably... This is going to be hard because I think we're going to have some shit that overlaps, but we'll see where whatever lands. I went with Pulp Fiction for my number three. Oh, very good. Very good. Pulp Fiction is very good. Yeah. Is that on your list? It might be. It might be somewhere. Okay. I'm not going to say. <laughs> okay. All right, all right. All right. I'm trying to keep uh, the suspense going. Good. Let's keep it suspenseful. Yeah. So this is, uh, I remember like my dad wouldn't let me watch it and I was over at my mom's house and then I just like fired it up on that pay-per-view like it was just kind of like late at night so i could like watch it and just kind of like eyes bulging out not yeah the reason this isn't higher and it should be is i just there might be overexposure to this movie just based on the age like we're so used to it when it first came out watching a million times this is a movie you need to be watching rewatching it you know like once every two years once every three years uh you know like really i mean reservoir dogs but all this shit was happening so fast but puts tarantino on the map mm -hmm. um there's just the kind of movie watcher i am there's a couple other tarantino movies this is more less about like why it's three and more about why it's not one or two there's just things i like in a movie a little bit more personally that i had to rank my one and two up for sure for sure and i was thinking about why you said that it's like so the the dancing between Uma Thurman and and you know uh, John Travolta has been parodied a million times over and redone and shot and all. is that the the fault of the movie or just a sign of how like great and like what a moment in time that 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 dance scene was because I go yeah. back and forth a little bit on it because it's that dancing is my one of my least favorite scenes in that entire movie oh you think it's parodying like a little piece like much like people are making fun of it a little bit no 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 i it just it's just become it's like it's the kitschiest part of that thing and it's like the the safest things do it's very interesting i i i'm very like i'm 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 captured by it, but is that the like is that is that a good sign that like you can easily parody and like do it in different scenes and have it just kind of be this thing where it's like, oh, people are like, you know, using this as a reference back to pulp fiction to like now sell us mashed potato. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, yeah right. I, I mean I do believe that there's like it's it's kind of my fault in that camp, just like no publicity is bad publicity. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like it might be a little bit of that. And it does draw some of that momentum it is you immediately know what you're seeing so i think kind of encapsulates just kind of like that part of the movie uh it's safe to show that clip right. you know i think back when it was kind of first playing and i think the big thing is like you know it was tarantino uh establishing yourself or like revealing his hand and openly talking about it. it's like he loved you know kind of these movie stars of when he was a kid and like getting in the back like he does it with one of mine on my list and remind me and i'll tell you who it is but i mean you think you probably know and so i think there's a little bit of like that John Travolta returning to the dance floor, returning to, uh, you know, the movie, like a lead actor. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 That the whole John Travolta thing is, it's great. And Travolta tells a story about that, where he talks about like, what's it like to do heroin? I forget who he talked to, who he got from this, but he was basically like, was told like, we'll drink a bottle of tequila and then go and take a warm bath and sit in your warm bath. And that's kind of close to what that euphoric feeling of, 
being on heroin is and so he said he would like he totally said like all right so he did it and you know hung out and that's like that driving scene after he shoots up uh is fucking like amazing they got him out of the bathtub dried him off (laughs) (laughs) oh man that's the closest i've heard like to the that description that's super fascinating and if you had to ask me if that's the look on his face when he's driving the car i'd be like bottle of tequila out of a hot bath thousand percent yep a hundred percent yeah uh all right but i'm gonna get number two I, oh, gonna, oh yeah you even scored it yeah go i'm gonna yeah you know every once in a while i'll, I'll do the score i will um i'm gonna give myself a b on this suit letter grades I'll do 80 85 it's a little low i have justification but still i like it i like it i like it all right my number two yes um i love the kill bill series i'm not gonna lie I think it's great. I think Uma Thurman is fantastic, and I love the whole storyline. I love the Beatrix, the 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 bride, uh, all the the assassins thing. Kill Bill himself. I love it all. I'm going to give Kill Bill two a slight edge over Kill Bill one, as it makes it in there. I I, I love I love Pai Mei, right? The the sensei where they learn their their karate and their techniques over the uh, Hattori Hanzo, the where they build the actual knife, right? That storyline, those kind yeah. of parody each other. Um, I love the fight scene between El Driver and and Beatrix. That's way better. I love that fight scene and how you know and Bud and and all that. And then there's there's great scenes in there. Now, I love this actor for this one reason: Michael Parks, who, if you remember, Kill Bill One is Earl McGraw is the the elder. Um, sheriff that comes up when they find the that the bride has been shot in the head he's the one that discovers that if you remember in kill bill 2 uh beatrix goes and drives and is in um uh looking for where bill's bill lives and goes and stops off at uh the akuna boys the guy that led them the, the the pimp esteban vallejo the actor who played earl mcgraw the sheriff is Esteban Viejo and gives a fucking knockout performance. He's like an 80 year old pimp, like on his last leg. And he's so fucking good. And he's like, if you were around, if you, if you I forget what he's like, if you were around in my younger days, I would have made you my number one bill. You know what I mean? He's so fucking good. He's like, Bill, he shot you in the head. I'd have treated you much nicer. I just, uh, cut your face it's so fucking great man it's amazing that's awesome yeah i gotta see that also remember like we gotta do more impressions whenever you do an impression i just i like i remember it's just like gotta be a bigger part of the pot yeah to make that uh i'm gonna give that impression i'm gonna give it a 98 bro oh thanks these movies aren't my cup of tea i know you could kind of see like the blank look in my eye flash as you were like doing that impression i'm just like i have no i do not remember who you're talking about i'll look it up I'm just I'm not into the the hodgepodge like stew style of just different like cinema crafts. You know what I'm talking yes. about? Like part of it's like a cartoon, not part like that's over. That's, an, that's in one. You're right. No, no, no. There was yeah, there's, there's like a little cartoon. Of cartoon it's like it's just O'Shea like Ren. Yeah, the Lucy Liu character. Yeah, and he opens he he opens or Tarantino just talks about openly like drawing off all these different like filmmaker styles or just like uh, genres and throwing them into one movie and it's just like that's not for me like in my movies i just like kind of like a consistent storyline like consistent kind of like feel to it of the world i hear you i hear you good all right that's that i still give you 98 thanks bro the the fucking it saved me my impression 
It did. Yeah, that definitely, that definitely helped. And not you being like, come on, you don't know what I'm talking about. Come on, come on. Is this not doing it? Come on. You got to remember this. I'm just like, I don't. Uh, my number two, once upon a time in Hollywood, probably a little bit of recency bias. Yeah. Uh, I was okay about DiCaprio. I wasn't like a DiCaprio head. Wasn't nuts about him before this movie, but his performance is just absolutely amazing. Uh, like love. I don't know. I love the, I love the heart of it. You know, it's like, I remember in this movie, spoiler alerts, but you should see this, when they're coming up like uh, just the, the Manson clan or whatever, whatever it was called, yep. like, um, but they're, they're coming up the driveway and you're just like, oh shit, like they're going to go over and kill um, Sharon Tate, played by Margot Robbie. <clears throat> yeah. And you're like, this movie's going to end with a fucked up tone. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. How are they actually, like, how is he going to pull this off? And I started getting like, like a little concerned. I was just like, I don't think this plane's going to land. Like at these, this was right. not the movie that I was watching for the last two hours. And if they just go in and like kill like Sharon Tate, then it's just going to, it's going to feel like really weird. I don't know how it's going to resolve, but of course, like twice the master, nobody asked me to write the ending, which God it didn't, but just kind of like alters history a little bit, which kind of fits in like the once upon a time in Hollywood. Like they go up at the end, like it's just, it's just great stuff. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a little bit more serious. I thought it was going to be like, like David Fincher doing Once Upon a Time in Hollywood when you first read about like what this is about. It's like the Manson murder. It's just like, oh shit, Tarantino getting dark. Yeah, yeah. it's weird. It's weird. It's like, though I will say to his credit, you didn't expect to see it. You should have given like Inglorious Bastards in the way that that ended. Yeah. You know what I mean? That he was just going to be like, oh, yeah, his, I'm just alter gonna... his alternate histories. Like, yes. And I'm just going to bend. I'm going to bend the, the the history of these events right now. Uh -huh. um, I've only seen it one time. Once upon a time in Hollywood. I really enjoyed it. Brad Pitt was was excellent in it. Leonardo DiCaprio was was, was great in it too. And obviously, right now he's like super memefied. He's got a couple in in uh, Tarantino landscapes that have like he's got the one from Django where he's like you know the brandy snifter and the yeah. other one at the from in, uh, Once Upon a Time where he's pointing at the TV screen. Yeah, um, he's got the meme in Great Gatsby where he's like holding up the. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the drink, the cocktail. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, there you go. You got your your memes down. Um, it is a little recency bias. It's good. Um. I, I do like the heart in it. Uh, I, man, it's tough because I hear I I see your point. This is this one is a little bit more rooted in realism. It's obviously it's a real life event, and it kind of yeah. feels like more true to life. The the Kill Bill storyline. It's like this. There's no way any of this happened. And I like that a little bit of this like fanciful. This isn't really happening. I, I like just this unique universe that it that this could really be happening. So. That's why I gave yeah. him my number two. And I watched it with uh, Joe, who's been on the podcast before. Um, like, I was just like a couple weeks ago, but it's, you also like pointed out, which is a great point. It was just like, it's a love story to actors. You know, it's just about like Leonardo, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio, like getting a little older and just kind of like, I don't know, you just don't, you don't see that angle a lot. At this point, it was just kind of in those Hollywood movies. For sure. Yeah. Uh, quick, quick console bracket real quick. Yeah, buddy. Uh, you, have you seen Four Rooms? I let you get your console bracket in. Yeah. Have you seen Four uh, Rooms? I have. I mean, I was so, I legit think I was like 12 years old. Yeah. So Quentin Tarantino wrote, I think also directed the fourth of uh, four segment in Four Rooms called A Man from Hollywood, 
rewatch it. Watch it. Do me a favor. It's cool. it's a it's really fun to watch. Uh, and a man for Hollywood is potty. To hear that everyone has homework. A man from Hollywood is that just one of them? Is it the one with the lighter? Yes, it is the one with the lighter. I mean, yeah, I'm completely obsessed with that storyline. Originally, like a Hitchcock, like story yeah, line. yeah. It, that's a, that's a that's a whole thing. They set it up. It's Peter Laurie and uh, shit. I just watched it last night or two nights ago. But yeah, it's it's great. But it's one. There's it's pinnacle writing of fucking there's a couple scenes in there and it's it's just great it's great it's it's like 12 minutes i can't you can't say too much without spoiling the entire thing if you haven't watched it but it's so fucking good and so so great and just got all the great like tarantino timing and like turn of phrases and all that fun stuff it's great it's and it's like 14 15 minutes long yeah just potties is good i'll just have them chill out here and like, well, I just watched this real fast. Yeah, everyone just just edit this out. <laughs> uh, yeah, I see. I found it right here. Looks like it's like um, ten minutes. Okay, fascinating. Great, great buddy. Uh, good concept. What's your number one? Number one is Pulp Fiction. I didn't want to give it away when you gave yeah, it at yeah. number three. Everyone uh, in suspense. I'm sure. Yeah, exactly. This is. I know it's basic bitch, but it's fucking great. You know, you, we talked solely about like Vincent Vega. You, you know, Marcellus Wallace. You know, Mia Wallace. Uh, fucking, you know all that great but let's not forget about like eric roberts the drug dealer like he's fucking great in this movie samuel l jackson is fantastic even honey buddy you know uh tim roth who's in four rooms is is fan fucking tastic they're so good there's so many like fun like the, you got the royale with cheese line you got the 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 foot massage where they're talking about like you know like I don't you know giving a man another man's wife a foot massage you know it ain't fucking you know yeah. just just a foot massage yeah. you know and it's like uh, there's so many great just segments in that and I know it's totally different like you know transition of time and and the storyline it's it's disconnected but I love it it's great it's what put him on the map and and there's reason for it I mean it's fucking yeah. it's fantastic. Yeah, I think you're removing just the fact of how many times you've seen it. You're just like, when this came out, like, if you, it, just in a vacuum, like, we're drink this movie. I think it's got to be number one. I'll give you the the, uh, the victory also. Oh. Um, I yeah, thought you were high. I thought you were going to be higher on, are you not as high on Tarantino as I am? I think I've, I feel like I am a little bit more. I don't, like, I'm, I'm I didn't want to say the line about Eric Stoltz, though. When Eric Stoltz is selling the heroin, and he's just like, you want to, oh. you want to stay ahead and get, get higher? So he's just like, you know, you can, <laughs> you can hook up with this girl where he's just like the one with the, the shit in her face. Basically, like, no, that's Trudy. That's my wife. <laughs> <laughs> right. That yeah, was, that's really funny. Yeah. Eric, <laughs> Eric Stoltz. I said Eric Roberts. Eric, Eric Stoltz has a great where they're he's on the phone where they're talking. He's like, I'm bringing her here, man. I'm bringing her here. He's like, don't bring some fucked up bitch to my house. <laughs> yeah. Are you on a cell phone? Prank call. Prank call. Prank call. <laughs> it's so funny, dude. I said in the chest. The next time I bring an OD boob to you to your house or whatever. That's what I said in the chest. Yeah uh my number one is jackie brown i knew it yes yeah i watched jackie brown when we talked about it not too long ago yeah i just uh yeah pretty i was like i love it i love the pacing of it just the vibe like love story like slash like heist movie like yeah. it's just got like a lot of good performances like robert de niro in there like not chewing up the scenery like samuel l jackson like nail it it's just yeah just um and then um robert For forrester Blast yes this is another thing too another this is what you were talking about right the blast yeah, yeah. from the past yeah. like reinventing this guy's career which is great 
Uh, the thing I point, that I wanted to point out, and I heard this on uh, another pod, I think it was the rewatchables underneath the Ringer Network, but uh, this has, so you remember Michael Keaton's in this movie. He is? So Michael Keaton's in the movie. Yeah, he plays uh, one of the FBI agents or one of the DEA agents that helped like uh, set up like the sting when they're trying to catch. Uh, yes, you're right, with, with Jackie Brown, right. Yeah, so uh, not only does he play uh, an agent like this in um, <laughs> Out of Sight, he plays the exact same agent and out of sight. It's the same character. Same same character yeah. name, even. Yeah, yeah, yep. Oh, it's interesting. A, Ray Nicolette. It's because I guess they're both based on um, Elmore and Linder novels, but he just like they actually like the team at Out of Sight like asked Jackie Brown, like the Jackie Brown team is just like Tarantino, like is it cool if like <laughs> that we have just him come and play his exact same character. Michael did, I, did I tell you I went to high school with the granddaughter of Elmore Leonard? No, you didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah, she went to my high school. Yeah, I, yeah, Elmore Leonard's fucking great, man. Was she in your typing class? She was in my. She might. She might actually <laughs> been in my typing class. Full circle. Uh, yeah, it's all. Yep, that victory is yours, buddy. Yeah, Tarantino's uh, awesome, but uh, anybody looks at these two lists side by side, they're going with you guys. This has been MAB Sports Podcast episode one sixty seven. Thanks for your patience. If you've just been staring at your phone since Monday evening, waiting for this to drop, well, now you got it. 168, close to being right behind this one. MVP of the weeks. What do you got, buddy? Um, I did originally have moms. <laughs> yeah, for Mother's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, so I'll roll it back. I'll roll back, moms. Let's sure. keep it going. Let's give a little okay. shout out, little little tip That's of the map to moms. All the moms. It's not his fault. This. MVP of the week's coming a little late, but I, it kind of seems on brand. Like just guys yeah. sending out like the Mother's Day card, like just four or five days later in the mail. Oh it's yeah, like, for sure. My MVP, uh, Blake Bortles. Oh, what's up, Blake? Anybody that can dethrone Aaron Rodgers and just kind of put the fire to his feet. Not necessarily talent-wise, but just letting him know that I'm in the building for a reason. We got a QB um, controversy. <laughs> dude, it's cool. Um, all right, brother. Episode 167. Thanks for your patience, sir. You're my MVP also. Oh, thank you, brother. I love you. You know I love you. Thank you, brother. I want you to that out there. Um, I'm Brandon. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Mab Sports Podcast. When you absolutely need a hot pod in your life, accept no substitute. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion.